Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Let's jump right in. Okay, here we are for our very first uh, podcast. I'm here with Pastor Clint Harrison in our Oviedo campus and Pastor Grant Nixon at our Winter Garden campus. Well, guys, Hello. this is our first one. It What's is. Going on? It's official. It's official. It's we exciting. have the Grace podcast. I, the only thing is I wish everyone could see how nice our studio is. Oh, it's amazing. You know? It's they a phenomenal studio. I don't studio. know why we have so many fountains. But uh, they're nice. They're worth okay, it, whatever they cost. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that infinity wall? Uh, I mean. Unbelievable. So to, to people who are listening right now, we are actually doing this in a closet. And uh, it's the quietest place in the church. And so we're starting with humble beginnings, only to rise to being the top at iTunes uh, down the road, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I think it'll take us weeks, maybe. 42 weeks. Maybe. I give it 42, 42 weeks. weeks. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there, there for sure. That's oh, exciting, though. It is exciting. Hey, Grace, we are starting with a topic that's near and dear to our hearts because um, we have seen over the last several weeks and even months an increase in prayer requests to the church uh, with people who are struggling with anxiety and fear. And so we want to kind of jump right into the topic of anxiety and fear. First thing that we recognize is that we live right now in a culture and in an age of worry and concern. And part of that comes from watching the political landscape take place around us. And that's not a judgment on one party or the other. That's just kind of a, a collapse, if you will, a, a dysfunction of the world around us. And we also notice that people are stressed with the amount of time that they're working, all the expectations they have on their life. And so a lot of that leads to anxiety, perfectionism, right. fear, concern, worry. So let's just dive right in and talk a little bit about what do we do with our worry? And is all fear equally problematic. Yeah. I don't know. It, it makes me think about like one of the things that we have to acknowledge is, um, and, and you kind of already said it is that, uh, this is like a universal human issue, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is not, uh, reserved just for people who have quote anxiety problems or I've, I've struggled with worry my whole life. This is all of us. Like this all gets us at, at some point, um, and, and so it's something that we all deal with. It's something that we all personally have a, a relationship um, with, which means that Jesus like came as our example and Jesus came to deal with this exact problem. Cause it's a human problem. Like yeah. it's a problem we've, we've all dealt with. And, um, at the, at the core of it, it's something that, that he wants to help us out with. Certainly Jesus dealt with it himself. I mean, the Bible sure. says that we have a high priest who can sympathize with things that we've gone through. He was tempted in every way that we are yet found without sin. So in some sense, we're going to say that fear and anxiety, maybe I, I want to differentiate between the two because I think fear is something in the Bible that's not always scapegoated as a bad thing. In fact, most people have fear and that's just part of life. Right. In fact, the Bible says that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it can actually be a very positive force in our life to figure out what we should be afraid of and what we shouldn't be afraid of. But anxiety seems like it's fear out of control. It it's seems like, exaggerated. like it's, it's exaggerated yeah. fear and maybe... Maybe when we think about anxiety, we could think about anxiety as, you know, fear out of control or maybe faithless fear. Yeah, there's certainly a missing piece there in, in the middle of anxiety, and it's, it's faith. It's exactly what you just said. Yeah, I mean, so I, I even think about as we look at 
anxiety, I, I differentiate between, you know, I'm a person who is of faith and so, or a person who's not. And so if you're listening uh, today and you're a person who doesn't have faith, I mean, the general advice out there is to deal with anxiety. I need to exercise. I need to eat right. Mm. I need to sleep well. I need to do all of those things. And that's true across the board, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, those things are incredibly helpful, but there's a sense in which having faith, it's a whole new deal. Like it's a new framework, it's a new platform, it's it's a thing that literally changes our paradigms and our the way we think and the way we act and what we believe. And so I'm really excited to talk about how our faith has changed through Jesus. And so, yeah. 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 I mean, it seems to me that um, if we're going to deal with the subject of anxiety, which again, most people have anxiety, the question is not whether we're going to have it or not, but what do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? And so I think a big piece of that is what you're focused on. You know, are we focused on outcomes or are we focused on faithfulness? I think when we are focused on outcomes all the time, we can become very uh, worried and concerned about it because some of those outcomes are outside of our ability to control. Like we don't really control a whole lot other than ourselves and what right. God's put in front of us. But if we're concerned about being faithful instead of the outcomes, then I think there's it's a process mentality versus a results mentality. And I, I think about... Um, uh, you just talk about there's a lot that we can't control. Right. It makes you think, of, I mean, we all have kids, right? And so if anyone has ever felt in control, um, <laughs> like have kids, and right. then you recognize what a lack of control absolutely feels like, <laughs> no, right? No, right. I mean, yeah. I, well, I know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Clint's kids are all perfect, and they're, yeah. they're perfectly behaved. <laughs> That's really more of a gene thing than Clint. But, 100%. But I, I, but, I mean, yeah, there is a lot in our life like we can't control, and, and which can absolutely be an anxiety point. But to Clint's point about like how does faith, uh, how does faith like help inform that? I remember dealing with an issue with uh, with one of our kids, like something going on with their school, and uh, it was a worry point for me. Because straight up, like there are there are things in this world that are going to be easier for us to worry about or more prone to worry about. And uh, my right. kids, like that's number one. I want them to have the best. I want them to have like the best life and, and the best education. And we were dealing with an issue with one of our kids um, at school in the way that they, the way that they learned. And it was, uh, it was definitely something that, that made me feel that worry, made me feel that anxiety. And, and I recognize, and, and it was keeping me up one night. Maybe, I don't know when you guys get into a place where the, the out of control worry or the faithless worry turns, or that the faithless uh, fear turns into worry and anxiety, but mine is like, it, it affects the way I sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was laying up one night and I was just sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking. And it was honestly like, like God had said to me, um, are you going to ever talk to me about this? You know, because yeah. I hadn't. Right. I talked to everybody. Right. We had parent teacher meetings. I talked to my wife about it. We called other people whose kids were older. May they been through something like this. Sure. You know, we went to Google like we WebMD'd everything. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we figured out it wasn't lupus, but like we weren't sure what it was. And we had we had all this thing we were worried about. And we recognized I had never like brought it to him. And it, it reminds me like in Philippians uh, chapter four, we're told, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace right there is conditional. Like, it's connected to something. And it's connected to, like, grateful prayer to him. It's connected to us focusing on the good that he's doing for us, this faith-bolstering, like, gratitude. But it's also connected to us, like, running to him. And that is that is one of the things that that I recognize, like when anxiety is out of control, when when fear is out of control, and turns into worry and anxiety in my life. It's usually it's, it's I can usually start there. I can usually say like, 
who who have I talked to besides God, right? Like if I want his peace, it's connected to like a heart of, of grateful prayer. And and it's an amazing thing to think about the love of God that he wants those. Yeah. I mean, I think that really hits on the idea though of focus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like where is our attention? If our attention most of the time is on gratitude and what God has done for us versus a life of out of control fear or anxiety and looking at what could possibly go wrong, fearful. So people who are filled with anxiety often catastrophize the world, mm-hmm, right? right? They look at right. the world through lenses of what could happen. So, you know, we could say that even anxiety, so fear might be a natural, normal emotion that we experience and sometimes even a healthy emotion, right? It should be, you know, it's, it's like the little child who's running into traffic, right? Immediately we get fearful and we run towards them to grab them right. to keep them safe. It's appropriate. It's their, it is the child's lack of fear as they're running into traffic, that is actually the danger. So it's not fear that's the problem. It's the out-of-control fear, which is anxiety. And I think if we find ourselves in those places of anxiety, a lot of times it's because not of what's going on presently, but of what could happen down the road, right? Like we're worried about not, we're worried about getting fired when we've not been fired. We're worried about right. making enough money when we're being provided for. We're worried about someone's unfaithfulness when they haven't been unfaithful. And so it's almost this catastrophizing is almost like creating a world that doesn't exist that just fills our world that we do exist in with total panic. Which is what, I mean, that's that's what uh, Philippians says. It says not just run to God in prayer, run with hearts of gratitude. Focus on the reality. Yeah, that like, focuses you back on what's happening. Right. What is real. actually happening? Right. How is God at work there? Um, and it's like, I mean, uh, we were talking earlier at lunch, but uh, talking about listening to that podcast, we were talking about the, the Olympians. And they found out that the silver place medalists were the least happy people on yeah, the podium. That's right. Not the bronze, the right. silver. Right. But the bronze, they almost made it. They almost made it. And but they the, missed it. But the bronze <laughs> were incredibly happy to be there because they because they almost barely it. made it. Yeah. But, yeah. but both that's of right. like but what both of them were doing were they were they were living in an like an alternate reality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and right. so they had different different reactions to it. But the silver medalists, instead of going, oh my gosh. I'm better than everyone in the world at this, except for one person. <laughs> Instead That's of saying right. that, they were going, yeah. "What is the what is the point of this?" And, and they had That's right. there are there are silver medalists who refuse to put their medals on. The silver medalists who very famously like grimace on the on the stand. And and again, the point is they're living in a world that's not real, that's right. right? And yep. we do the same thing with anxiety. We live in a world that's not real. Well, I, I think that goes back to Clint's point earlier about about faithlessness because. You know, if we're living in the world that God created and we understand who God is for us, that he's faithful, that he's good, that he loves us, that he's a good father, we see the world that we live in very differently right. than a world filled with fear that then translates into anxiety and worry, right? Because I think if we see the world as faithful, if we see the world as as filled with God's presence, we can run to gratitude. We can be happy. We can be joyful in those moments. And that will steal the fear out of our hearts. Yeah, the, the framework completely changes everything because you see a loving God who's in control of everything, and that changes your story. It's it a mental your, shift. That's right. It's a it, mental shift. I remember hearing I remember hearing a story uh, one time about it's kind of a parable actually about this lady. She's on a on a train. She's on the subway, and uh, and it just kind of goes this the story goes to show that really it's not about what happens to us. It's not about the circumstances. It's about how we interpret those circumstances. This lady's on the train one day and. Uh, She's got her kids, and they're just running around, and they're really just being animals. They're slapping other um, people who are on the train uh, on their legs and just running around being loud and rambunctious, and you could see the tension in all the passengers that were sitting near this woman. Uh, 
was rising because they were frustrated that she wasn't parenting the child until one of the passengers turns to her and says, hey, why don't you take care of your kids? Why don't you watch your kids are misbehaving? And she just bursts into tears and she says, I'm so sorry. We're coming from their father's funeral. And all of a sudden, what was once a, in just one moment, a frustrating circumstance for everybody turns into a moment of compassion for them. Nothing changed. The right. circumstances are the st- same. The kids are still running around, but now it's understandable why they are what they are because there's been a piece of information added to the equation that wasn't there. I think anxiety is the missing piece of information that we don't have. It can be a big piece or it can be a small piece, but faith has a central um, component to it. But let's talk about, let's shift the conversation a little bit to something else. So let's say that it's not an imagined fear. It's not an imagined worry. It's not a uh, catastrophizing of our circumstances. Let's just say that currently right now, our circumstances are terrible. We come and we find out our wife has a disease. We come, we find out our husband has cheated on us. We come, we find out all of a sudden we're bankrupt. What do we do in a situation where it's not catastrophizing to say, oh my goodness, this is terrible? I think uh, the the first thing that comes to my mind is, and we were talking about this earlier, about um, uh, there's this moment in the scriptures where uh, Jesus is, he's fed the 5,000. And he sends his disciples on ahead. He says, I'll meet you guys on the other side. They get in the boat, and they, they start going across the sea. And, and then all of a sudden, the storm crops up, and uh, they're freaking out, right? And then it shows that Jesus, like, shows up. He walks on out on the water, as he does. <laughs> and uh, he, climbs, he climbs into the boat with them. And then what it tells us is that immediately the boat is at the other side. It doesn't tell us anything about the storm. We have no idea what happened to the storm. And you think, like... Come on, Mark. You know what I mean? Like, give us a detail, bro. Like, you left it out. What happened to yeah. the storm? But the point of the story is uh, is not the storm. The point of the story is that Jesus got in the boat. And so when we talk about, like, going back to what you said originally, Pastor Mike, about, like, refocusing and what you said, Pastor Clint, about reframing, that's the refocus. That's the reframe. We're not at all telling anyone to... Um, to to celebrate something terrible happening, no. right? to celebrate no. a loss. That's not reality. It's either. not reality. But what we can rest in in the middle of the storm, where we can uh, take courage in the middle of the storm, is that Jesus is in the boat. Yeah, like he's he's right there with us. I feel like that's been it. a I feel like that's been a message in my life for the most part. You know, whenever <laughs> whenever I'm looking at my circumstances and I'm frustrated by my circumstances, I take them to God, and all I hear over and over and over again for most of my life is I'm with you. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like I'm fixing this. I mean, <laughs> I've had prayers that lasted years and years and years right. and been frustrated. And yet all I hear from the Lord is I'm with you. And it's not all I hear from, like, that's everything. You know, he's like, I've got you. Right. You know, I, I am with you. And therefore you can walk through the desert. You can walk through the storm. You can weather the betrayal. You can weather the fear that comes ahead. Right. All of that. I've got it in my hands. But I do think there's a, another part of this because one of the things that we love to say around grace is that we have to do what only we can do and we are going to let God do what God can do, right? And so I think the part that we can perform in this is taking captive those thoughts. I read a book a long time ago and it was talking about how um, they asked a weird question. And, it, and the question was, who thinks your thoughts? I thought, that's a dumb question. Of course, I think mm. my thoughts, Right. Um, Sometimes but, I don't always think my thoughts. <laughs> I, there's a difference between thinking your thoughts and hearing voices, Grant. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. Right, that's okay. the next yeah. podcast. So that's the next podcast. Schizophrenia, your friend. Um, so 
So, but the, but the whole idea behind it though is that sometimes we just let thoughts run through our, our brain. Yeah. You know, we just let things roam. Yep. We can let lustful thoughts roam through our brain, fearful thoughts roam through our brain. We can let um, um, anxiety run through our brain. But the Bible says that we're not, dispo- we're not supposed to just let things run through our brain. We have to take captive our thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. And I think the idea behind that is that when I take something captive, it's not coming with me willingly. Grant, if I said to you, you know, hey, come with me, and we went to, you know, the store together, I didn't take you captive. But if you said I'm not coming with you and I grabbed you and drug you to the store, that is taking someone captive. If you tried to take me to Aldi, that would be <laughs> – you'd have to drag me there yeah, for sure. Yeah. But Yeah, no, we know you're a Whole Foods guy. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Publix, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either way. So, uh, so at the end of the day, like a big piece of – taking care of anxiety for ourselves, our part of it is that we have to take captive our thoughts. We can't let them just run. When you let catastrophizing take root in your heart, it just builds and builds and builds. Sometimes that means that we have to take thoughts that don't gonna, they don't want to come with us and we have to arrest them. We have to take them captive. The language Paul uses there is violent. Take yeah. captive your thought and make them obedient. Doesn't, don't ask them to be obedient, but make them obedient to Christ, right? So a lot of this is taking our hearts and conforming them in the direction of Jesus. And, and how do we do that? Uh, the thing that comes to my mind is that if, we're, if, if I'm holding that captive, if I'm trying to refocus my thoughts on, on the truth, right? Because the anxiety, as we talked about, it's exaggerated fear. It's a lie. It's a lie. And so if we're focusing yeah. on the truth, then like a huge part of that is the Word of God. Yep, yeah. Like right. how much are we in the Word of God allowing that to seep into our minds? And, and, and are we holding on to that for, for dear life? I. My uh, grandmother, um, my, my father's mother, was an amazing woman. Um, she read through the Bible. She, she wrote down sometimes when she read through the Bible. She would mark it in the back of her Bible. And by the time she, she passed, she had read it 72 times that she wrote down. Um, so, like, I mean, half of what Clint's done so far. But, but 72 <laughs> times. And she was an amazing woman of God. And um, she, she faced difficulties in her life. You know, yeah. she faced absolute difficulties in her life. And I remember talking to her, and, and I would just ask her uh, every question I would ask about her life, every single question. You know, how did you how did you get through, um, you know, burying your husband? How did you how did you get through this transition of she was, you know, living on her own, and then she moved into this uh, senior living facility? Like, how did you get through all these difficult things? And every time she'd point back to the scripture, like it was hard to get an answer out of her that wasn't scripture, right? Yeah. Because, but that was that was what was permeating in her life, and so. When she grabbed, when she grabbed a hold of a, a thought to, to hold it captive, uh, she had the word of God there to fill its place. She had yeah. the word of God there to like rule um, in her heart and in her mind. So it's it's an amazing amazing thing for us. Yeah, I think in that uh, the sense in which where you know maybe you're listening and you're going, man, I don't read my Bible every day, and I know I need to. There's also an approach that you can tack onto that, and it's that you need to be connected to Christ. And so while you're reading, while you're praying, remember that he's there with you if you're a believer. Like if you're a follower of him, he loves you. He's with you. Like I was talking to a guy at Starbucks and he was telling me about he's a pastor. And he said that he went through, finished the service, left the service and had an absolute breakdown. Like Mm -hmm. he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, and he just lost it. Like he he was pretty much headed to the hospital. And he was having a panic attack. And it was one of those moments where he, like talking about taking your thoughts captive, it was he had to remember 
oh yeah, Jesus is with me. Yeah. Like I, I even remember hearing from a guy, I went to a church planning conference and the guy went through a, he basically planted a church and when he had planted it, they went from zero to 1500 people in a year and a half. Mm. And then they took the church from him. They kicked wow. him out. Mm. And he said it like ripped his entire identity out. And he remembers going before the Lord and he asked God, God, what are you doing? Like, where are you? And see what he was doing there. He was connecting with God. Yeah, he was reading scripture, but what he was doing is he's connecting with Jesus. And in the passage, it said, follow me and I will make you. And he said he stopped right there and God just started pouring out. I love you. I'm going to make you into who you're, I'm calling you to be. You don't need to worry about this, this past that where you, got, you feel like you failed or you, uh, you got fired. No, 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 I'm with you and I'm making you. I think there's so many times in our lives where we feel like something, the bottom dropped and we go, man, God, what are you doing? And it's that connectivity where you go, okay, God, what are you doing? How do you want me to see this? How do you want me to view this? How am I supposed to understand this? And, and God, would you move? And he's saying, I'm going to make you, I'm with you. I love you. You know, one of the things that I love about Hebrews chapter three is that it talks about confession that Jesus is our high priest. He is the high priest of our confession. And that word confession has two separate connotations to it. The first one is the connotation of saying what's true about ourselves. This is where we get things like creeds. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, right? Um, but, but the word confession itself says to say the same thing as God, to say the same thing as God. In other words, to be in alignment with God. And so on the one hand, we have to fill our minds and our hearts with what is true about God before we can access um, almost that relationship with him. Not that relationship doesn't precede knowledge, because it does for sure. But if we're going to grow spiritually, we've got to know him more. And so the word filling us and the creeds filling us and helping us to know exactly what we're supposed to believe. The second part of that, too, is saying the same thing about myself, as God says, which I think is such a beautiful concept because the idea behind it is I tell myself all kinds of lies about myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like I'm constantly distorting my, what I'm constantly distorting what I think about myself. And if I were to look at it from what God, how God sees me, it totally changes the perspective. I'm not going to spend my life minimizing my sin, maximizing my accomplishments. I'm not going to spend my life catastrophizing about things that I'm out of, out of my control. I'm going to say the same thing about myself as God says, I'm going to say the same thing about reality that God says, morality, ethics, all those things. My goal is to be like him, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to say those things. But frequently, and this is the deceitfulness of sin, is that it twists us into believing things about ourselves that are just completely false. Which a lot of that is dictated by feelings. It is, absolutely. Just just the, the circumstance makes me feel this way. And so I feel love today. Great. That's awesome. That lines up with what God says about you. But you know what? Tomorrow, circumstances change. I don't feel yeah. loved. I feel forgotten. Yeah. I feel alone. And that's not lining up with, like, the truth of God. And so the the beauty of what you just said is that, like, feelings are fickle and truth is not. Right. 100%. And so we can keep saying that over and over again to ourselves. We can keep agreeing with God's word about what he says about us, um, regardless regardless of our feelings. Because we just, I mean, we just straight up can't trust them. We've all seen M. Night Shyamalan movies, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you start off feeling no, that's only you. Real positive. You've never seen you. M. Night Shyamalan movies. What, is, what are you doing with your life? You know, we all we all went through some emotions, but uh, but again, that's the point is that we can't trust our feelings, but we can trust the truth of God, and 
So, you know, regularly telling ourselves, you know, who we are and how he sees us uh, is a wonderful way for us to battle, battle anxiety. You know, even uh, as I think about the personality test Enneagram, there are definitely people who struggle with anxiety in different ways because that some of them are prone to think about their lives from a different framework, from a different normal. And so, you know, if, you, if you're out there and you feel like, man, I am just anxious all the time and I feel like I am reading my Bible and I feel like I am praying and I feel like I am connecting with God, some of that is partly your wiring. Like some people are more anxious than other people just generally speaking. And so that doesn't mean that there isn't hope for you or there isn't truth for you. It's a reality that's in your life and, and you face that daily and you can cling to Jesus in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, when you, when you look at great guys, I mean, incredible preachers like Charles Spurgeon, I mean, Spurgeon spent most of his life um, struggling with massive depression. I mean, he produced some of the greatest sermons ever. He wrote 500 personalized handwritten letters a week to people he preached numerous sermons every week. Makes us feel like a like a slug. <laughs> he was so productive and yet filled with depression and filled with de- yeah. despair at times. But it's so beautiful to go and read his writings because he sees all of that depression, all that anxiety, as emptying himself of himself and filling himself with Jesus. I think like it was, the, it was a writer, James Denny, who said that the kingdom of God is not for the well-meaning or well-intended. It's for the desperate. Mm. I think there's something really beautiful about recognizing that Nothing is wasted with God. Like we are always at the place where God is able to use our brokenness, right. our weakness, our fears, our anxieties. And at the end of the day, he's using all of that to conform us to his image. So in some sense, I just kind of want to end this podcast by saying that if you feel fearful or anxious at times, that's not always a bad thing. God may have you in process and where you are right now is where God has you. But this is not the end. And these are temporary circumstances, and it's the reason why we say good is ahead all the time because one day God will heal you. He will change you. He'll transform you, whatever your need is in that moment. Well, guys, this has been an amazing first uh, podcast for us. It's exciting. Yeah, uh, it's super fun. Yeah. We hope that uh, this podcast has been helpful for you, and we hope that uh, you tune in. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend at a Grace campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com. Bye, guys.